On Fridays, we do music on this podcast, but today we're going to go a little meta and we're going to go into music criticism on this podcast. And Howard Ho has made kind of a career of analyzing Lin-Manuel Miranda's music. So here he is analyzing Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. It's an octave, safe known boundaries. Into the unknown. That's an octave. Then a ninth, dipping a toe outside boundary but coming home. Into the unknown. That's actually. One higher, it's a ninth. Then an eleventh, Elsa has gone way out there, boundaries breached. Into the unknown. It's like, whoa. What is this ninth versus an octave versus an eleventh? Well, if you count the number of notes in a scale, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the eighth note you encounter above will be the eighth or octave. So by that logic, the ninth will be the next note above the eighth, and then the eleventh is two notes above that note. And indeed, as Kristen explains, Elsa's melodic leaps go from an octave into the to a ninth into the to an eleven. She's climbing higher and each time jumping off the same note, which is musically like someone who tries and falls back down and then gets up and tries again. It's almost like that scene where Elsa struggles against the stormy waters, gets hit, but then tries again and gets hit again until she finally tames the water. And I mean literally tames because the water spirit animal is a horse that Elsa learns to ride. So the act of leaping up musically represents Elsa's act of venturing further into the unknown. Using big melodic leaps as a metaphor for going out far into the unknown is a pretty standard musical metaphor going back at least to the most famous octave leap in songwriting history. But to understand why that octave leap is so important, it's important to note that some of the producers of The Wizard of Oz wanted to cut the song. I mean, this is a full octave leap. I mean, that's a big leap for a popular song. In fact, producers were worried that nobody would buy the song because it would be too hard to sing this opening leap. Leaps of an octave were considered difficult for the average person at home to sing, and so they thought the song wouldn't sell sheet music. Obviously, as one of the most popular songs of all time, that's ridiculous. But pop songwriting back then had a rule typified in Charles Harris's book, How to Write a Popular Song from 1906. He said, songs should be written in the range between a middle C and an E an octave up or a tenth. And he said big melodic leaps should be avoided. In other words, he would not be happy with Kristen Anderson Lopez. It's an 11th. Which is an interval they, they strongly urge you not to write. <laughs> And further, as his example in the book of what not to do, he actually showed a melody featuring an octave leap on the word somewhere. He called the octave leap on somewhere bad songwriting. <laughs> oh well, I guess rules were made to be broken. What Charles Harris didn't count on was the fact that singing somewhere on the octave leap is actually good prosody. In other words, it's a melody that paints the lyric. Yip Harburg, who wrote the lyrics for Over the Rainbow, describes prosody this way. Words make you think thoughts. Music makes you feel a feeling. But a song makes you feel a thought. And in Wizard of Oz, Dorothy is singing about going to a faraway place up over the rainbow. Leaping up to the faraway note of an octave musically complements that lyric. In other words, we feel her thought. 
her longing. This is traditionally what's known as an I want song, in which the protagonist of a musical expresses their main goal in the story. Now to bring this back to Frozen, journalist Justin McElroy categorized every song from a Disney animated film into this handy chart. And the want song category is where he put Let It Go. I guess you could say Elsa is singing about wanting to let it go, but it's technically not a want song because we actually see her doing it. Let me explain. Let It Go begins as Elsa's want song. One way we can tell is that the opening intro to Let It Go keeps changing and can't seem to settle on a single motif. We get a chord progression over four bars which is repeated twice, but only the first and third bars of that progression are repeated verbatim. The first time we hear bar two, we get a half step up and a half step down. The second time we hear it, we get a half step down and a half step down. The first time we hear bar 4, it's a B-flat sus going to B minor. The second time we hear bar 4, it's a B-flat sus going to B-flat major. Lin uses the same technique in the opening of Wait For It, where there's a slight variation indicating a restless mind. It's different just that one time. I know. And never anywhere else. Lin got this idea from the opening number to Jonathan Larson's musical Tick Tick Boom. Dun, 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 dun. But he never does it the same way twice until the beat drops. I think he's trying to mimic what it sounds like to work on a song until you find it. Similarly, at the beginning of Let It Go, Elsa is trying to find herself. But then a weird thing happens. Elsa creates a castle out of ice and snow and creates a sparkly dress and is having a great time. In other words, she doesn't just want to let it go, she's doing it. Let It Go is more than a want song. She's creating a new home, a new uniform. It's an arrival song. For example, in the Broadway version of Frozen, may it rest in peace. Let It Go doesn't just show up here in the story, but actually comes back to end the entire show as a culmination. And if you stick with me for this, I will show you how Let It Go becomes the foundation of Elsa's songs in Frozen 2, Into the Unknown and Show Yourself. And it all has to do with the type of melodic leaps that Kristen Anderson Lopez was talking about. If you look at it from a musicology point of view. Now the famous chorus of Let It Go doesn't feature an octave leap, but it does expand in range very methodically. If you look at the melody and just chart the peaks, you will see that it actually ascends up the major scale stepwise from F, G to A flat, to B flat, to C, E-flat to E-flat, and that ascent might actually be why the song feels so satisfying. Even Snoop Dogg agrees. I'm just sitting in my car listening to Let It Go. But then the melody surprises us by not going further up, but instead by going down stepwise Let the storm to E-flat, and then the D-flat and C, and then taking a leap down to anyway. A-flat. So why would a melody that was ascending upward so methodically suddenly then expand downward? Isn't that a mixed message? Well, in a way it is. Because even while the wanting is represented by the ascent, the arrival is represented by the descent. So Elsa isn't just trying to push herself to greater heights, she's also planting her feet down and growing new roots. And this is exemplified by Elsa's declaration, The cold never bothered me anyway. A clapback at the system that held back her powers. It's on these words that Elsa's melody goes downward and is sung primarily between two notes, 
D flat and C or a minor second. All a minor second is, is the note directly above or below a starting note. So in this case, the note right below a D flat is a C. And here's the entire phrase. So in short, the chorus of Let It Go consists of an upward melodic striving towards something somewhere, somewhere, followed by a falling minor second theme settling down. And these two competing ideas in Frozen 2 separate to become the two songs Into the Unknown and Show Yourself. As we've already discussed, Into the Unknown relentlessly goes up to a degree that makes it really hard for people to sing. Which is an interval they, they strongly urge you not to write. <laughs> but that is how much Elsa wants to go into the unknown. In other words, Into the Unknown is Elsa's want song. And similarly, fast forward to Show Yourself, the main musical motif of Show Yourself, which occurs on the words Show Yourself, is when the accompaniment stops and Elsa sings Show Yourself on a descending whole step, which later becomes a descending half step. Show the same half-step motif we saw on the line, The Cold Never Bothered Me. This half-step down idea is even mirrored in the visuals showing her stepping downward. And she literally sings the words, In other words, Show Yourself isn't about the big leaps of Into the Unknown, but it's about settling into yourself. And for Elsa, this means being outside of the village and being with nature, her people. You know, the North Uldra. And in Let It Go, that's why she's happy. She's in her element among the elements. She's one with the wind and sky. But by the end of the first Frozen, Elsa goes back to the castle, where her ice powers are embraced by the people, but she's still not among nature. She's in the castle. In other words, if a story arc is like a circle, then Elsa hadn't come full circle by the end, but is actually somewhere here and needing to change. Did you know that an enchanted farce is a place of transformation? So it's in this context at the beginning of Frozen 2 that the North Wind Siren Song is beckoning Elsa into the enchanted forest where she will discover that she doesn't belong in a castle. And by the end of the film, Elsa has relinquished her queenly title to Anna. Queen Anna of Arendelle! And lives out in the forest among the North Uldra and her spirit friends. It's only at the end of Frozen 2 that she comes full circle, when she realizes that being a queen in a castle and achieving the Disney princess model for happily ever after is not for her. She needs to break through the old traditions that were holding her back, learn more about her role in the history of oppression, and become connected to the community around her. She needed to get over the fear of the unknown and go headfirst into it. Elsa's narrative complexity, which has her reaching the heights of outer strength, as well as the depths of inner truth, makes her a Disney princess that breaks the mold in so many ways. Boundaries breached indeed. It's a little harder as I feel my power grow. Don't you know there's part of me that loves to go?
Have a great weekend, everyone.